Welcome everybody. It was AEW All Out 2022. It was supposed to be a night of celebration. There were new champions crowned. And then there were the same people that left the building without those very titles. It was an event. When we look at the event, it was a good event. But then it ended in chaos. We dealt with, and I think we have a realizing tonight, that Tony Khan finally understands sometimes it's not about who you go home with, but it's who you take to the dance. And I think tonight was a reset button. This was one of the most impactful nights in AEW history, but not because of the reasons that we thought it would be. I'm your host, Brian, the hype, Balor. We're going to talk about All Out, the results of thoughts, and we're going to get into some of these things and how they changed the course of history leading into Full Gear 2022 here just a week away. I want to marinate on this, and I want to now go through what was one of the most epic nights of the year. It's amazing what can happen in 24 hours, you guys. Without further ado, let's get in. We're going to start with the Zero Hour. It's amazing, right? Because the name of the pay-per-view is All Out. And it wasn't that they went all out in the show. It's that some people are now all out of the company. We'll get into that. I want to start with the Zero Hour. The Hook Show literally has Hook on it. Seems like every time. But it's the hook to make you buy the pay-per-view. It started at 7 p.m. First matchup, we had Tay Mello and Sammy Guevara versus Ortiz and Ruby Soho. So we got a mixed tag match action going on. Into the ring, we get a bell. Soho hops Guevara with a DDT, and Ortiz follows it up with a Death Valley driver. Ruby off the ropes. Head Scissors driver can't keep Sammy down, though. Soho ends up on the wrong side of a mellow kick. More sucking face between Tay and Sammy. Lots of kissing, lots of action. It's interesting how they keep going with this over and over and over, right? So we got Ortiz and Sammy going back and forth. A little hip swivel from Back and forth again. Inverted suplex connects with a follow-up from Soho, and she gets cut off by Tay. There's a big elbow from Guevara off the ropes. A flip pile driver from Melo. Sammy perches over Ruby, and there's a Senton Atomico. Ortiz rakes the eyes to kick out. Anna Jay actually runs in on this matchup from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Ruby takes her out. Tay catches her in the gory special. And Guevara has Ortiz in the backbreaker uh, rack. But they waste time smooching again. Lots of kissing again. Double pins on the champions. One, two, nope. Not going to happen. Ortiz with a cactus clothesline to Sammy. Ruby up top. Milo cuts her off with an elbow. Jockeying for position. A superplex off the top rope into the floor. Tay Mello. Rowing Soho back in the ring. She blocks a front kick. 
throws the knee off the ropes. Anna Jay is there to trip her up. Ruby charges Sante with a buckle bomb, a gory special, and Sammy holding Ortiz back. One, two, three. Sammy Guevara and Tay Mello win by pinfall with a Tay KO from Mello on Ruby Soho to retain the AAA World Mixed Tag Team Championship. It's a pretty good match this time to start out the show. The crowd was hot. They like Ruby. I gotta say, uh, Tay Mello and Sammy, they get great heat together. But they gotta stop with this kissing back and forth. I feel like I'm watching, as you can see here, an episode of Lady in the Tramp. They got the Lady in the Tramp thing going on, right? That's Sammy and Tay. They just staring in each other's eyes like a little Disney flick. And they're sucking noodles all the way into the infamous kiss. Actually, I think that'd be kind of funny if they actually reenacted this scene with these two. I think it would pop and it would be huge. Maybe they could do a vignette like that. That'd be entertaining. I would actually wouldn't mind the kissing so much. At the end of it, they do have the mixed couples tag titles from AAA. Good starter match to start off the pay-per-view. Let's move to our next one on the Hook Show. And again, it is the Hook Show. He's always wrestling on it. Hook versus Cool Hand Angelo Parker. It's interesting how Hook has fallen from the graces. I did a poll on Twitter. I did a poll on Twitter that asked, who will have a better career when it's all said and done? Hook or Austin Theory? You guys said that... Austin Theory probably will have a better advantage being WWE. However, Hook most likely is the more talented. It could probably do more. I don't know. I think you're right about Austin Theory, but Hook is losing his heat. I like that with their development because I do think they need to. So in this matchup, undercard match circling, we get a collar and elbow. Parker then grinds Hook into the ropes and he turns around and grabs a hammerlock. We're hanging on through a reversal attempt. We trip the leg for a front chancery, and then Angelo tries and fails to throw him out of the ring inside headlock. We get a go-behind hammerlock, a headlock takeover, and Parker gets the ropes. Matt Menard runs interference, and Cool Hand with a cheap punch to the eye, working Hook's eye, scraping it into the mat, punching it, snap suplex, cover knee with the eye. Then there's body blows from the champion. Punch to the eye, and it cuts him off and stomps on his hand. Hook cuts him off again, and then uh, headbutt, uh, basically another stomp awaits again. Parker squares up a judo throw from the champ. That's the FTW championship, if you guys aren't sure. Um, cradle suplex connects, body blows, back the angel into the corner, and desperate right hand. Uh, basically, his hook goes off in a two-bone suplex to the corner. Parker with a vertical suplex. Hook slips out. Red Rum isn't even all the way in, and Angelo taps. It's not even all the way locked up. The move wasn't locked up, but Angelo taps right away. A couple of rookies going at it here. Hook wins by submission with the Red Rum to retain the FTW Championship. Again, quick, efficient match. This is all about showcasing Hook. What I did not like, though, is the post-match shenanigans. We get a post-match with Matt Menard blindsiding Hook, and he puts the boots to him in the corner. That's all well and good. And then what do we get? We get this guy that jumps the barricades named Action Bronson. 
You know what he reminds me of? He reminds me of, uh, I'm gonna call him Hillbilly Hugger. That's what this guy is. Who is this guy? Hillbilly Hugger. That's what we're gonna call him. Hillbilly Hugger jumps the ring. Whatever that is with Hook. Jumps in, saves the day. So Hook, your FTW champion, is supposed to be one of the craziest, baddest men on the planet. Has to get saved by Hillbilly Hugger, Action Bronson. This guy, um, this is a AEW's attempt at trying to do the Bad Bunny thing. They're trying to do WrestleMania Bad Bunny. And mark my words, this guy will get stale very quick. And they'll move on from him, thankfully. So right now we got Action Bronson looking like an old friend of Hook's. I don't care about Hook having backup. That's the allure of Hook. He doesn't need backup. If he still needed backup, he would be in Team Taz. Give him Brian Cage. What's Brian Cage doing? Give him Brian Cage. You want a big bodyguard for him? Problem is, is Brian Cage is good enough to be on his own. Alright, so it's enough of that one. Let's move on to another match on the buy-in show. I like that they're giving us a lot of action here. This is Pack with the All-Atlantic Championship versus Kip Sabian. Super bad, Kip Sabian. Start off with, and Kip Sabian's got a new look from recent years. I like it. He's got the dark facial hair, the bright blonde hair. Um, he's got a different style to him. I used to say super boring Kip Sabian, but no, man, he is, he's got a look to him now, and it made me want to watch his wrestling. Pac's good in the ring. He always has been. But he was able to get a decent match here out of Kip Sabian, who was telling a story of, you know, his gimmick. So there's our collar and elbow into the ropes. There's a clean break, a snapmare from Pack. Sabian off the ropes with a boot. He puts boots to the bastard in the corner. Big senton up in the turnbuckles and then jockeying for position. Pack shoves him down up and over. Back body drop on the apron. Ducks a back fist. Triangle and Seguri puts the champion right on the floor. Kip's slingshots, stops short to fake Pack. He fakes him out and he goes back inside and beckons him low bridge. An Arabian press for an acai moonsault. Pack turns things around, throwing him back in, putting boots to Sabian, choking him onto the ropes. And Kip is throwing the forearm, but the bastard once more, and he gets them and then drops him with a bunch to punches of his own. Sabian with a dragon suplex. Pack blasts him with the rebound German suplex. He goes up top and Kip rolls out of range with a black arrow. Sabian catches him with a slingshot brain buster. Cross like Michinus to driver and the bastard kicks out at one and two. Dropping Kip with an elbow and he puts the boots to him up top and Pack wins. One, two, three with a black arrow at the end. Retaining the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. It's a good match, guys. It was a good, fast-paced match. I actually enjoyed seeing these two work together in the ring. They had very fun styles to watch. Not quite luchador, not quite cruiserweight, but just good and fast-paced. Post-match, we get Tony Schiavone interviewing Pac on the stage. The bastard explains exactly what he's looking for. And Orange Cassidy comes out. And as you guys know, Orange Cassidy is next in line for this Atlantic Championship. And he will go on to eventually win this. Pac says that we've been here before. 
in Orange knows exactly how that ended. He's not a wrestler. He's a joke. He tells Cassidy to get back in line. We cut to Kip, who is in the ring still, screaming at the box that he's wearing on his head. Losing it, right? Um, speaking of head, this is who he reminds me of. Kip Sabian's got a little Al Snow. He's an AEW Al Snow, if you want to compare us to Al Snow's got head. Kip Sabian has a box that he puts his head in, that he talks to. I mean, you can throw a little Perry Saturn with Moppy in there if you wanted, but it's not the same. I gotta give it, though. It, it's a weird gimmick, but it is making Kip Sabian interesting to me. And it's making me pay more attention to him. I actually think Kip Sabian... I kind of liked his work tonight, not gonna lie. It caught my attention to the buy-in out of all the wrestlers. Underrated and over it. I like that motto. It's very true. Kip Sabian, keep an eye on him. Let's see what he's going to do. Let's move ahead. All right. We get the New Japan Pro Wrestling Partnership. Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. (laughs) You know, I love my boy Eddie Kingston. All this on the Zero Hour. Four matches on the Zero Hour. All right, so I like to call this one DementiaCon 2022. You want to see two guys in the ring just smacking each other around. They're looking like two old men just smacking each other and getting winded. This is your match. You just want to see people smack each other's chests for a good 13 minutes. This is all for you. So we get a collar and elbow. We break almost immediately at it. Kingston shoves basically Tamahari away. Back into it again. Eddie gets the better of him, and then Ishii throws a chop. There's the first chop. Strap has come down already. Oh, Eddie's getting ready to get mad again. He throws the chop in the squared circle, throws it hard. The chest is going red. Neither man is given an inch. Tom roars. They go back into it. Eddie roars. Double chop, and both men are down back on their feet and they're just screaming at each other back and forth back and forth I'm not gonna lie they look like two senile old men yelling at clouds old man yells at clouds here's your headline as you can see Eddie's looking a little crazy it's always Eddie Kingston isn't it guys so they go back and forth with more chops more chops and then there's like a DDT and King's putting it together for a near fall they end up throwing the hands but nope They're back and forth at each other, screaming at each other. Chest is a little red. And then it ends up, ultimately, Kingston gets back towards his feet after a back and forth. And there's a Tenru powerbomb. He can't keep Ishii down. He ducks a lariat and a half Nelson suplex. And then um, he basically rolls through and charges Eddie and drops him with another lariat. So at this point, then they go a little bit further. And then Eddie basically hawks up again, so to speak, and he's looking at a brain buster, reverses it, catches the lariat. There's a back fist to the future. And Ishii kicks out at the last fraction of a second. Kingston draws him up, back to the trading, slaps again, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, right? And there's a headbutt, a scoop left, and Eddie Kingston wins by pinfall with a Northern Lights powerbomb. All right, so... Uh, this match, while it was entertaining to see guys just smack each other, Ishii looks like a little bulldog, but 
basically they're back and forth and again Eddie Kingston Eddie Kingston doesn't like I said I don't see it with Eddie Kingston the fans love him and I get it the fans love Eddie Kingston I see Eddie Kingston I think sure he's the toughest guy at the barbecue right sitting around cooking some meat he's the toughest guy at the barbecue but the truth is this guy does not strike me as the it factor but not everybody's going to like everything about pro wrestling. Anyway, we got through this match. DimensionCon 2022 is over with. Now we're going to get to the main event. Before we get to the main show, I want to say thank you guys for liking, sharing this, and subscribing, and commenting, and interacting with me on Twitter. Talking on Twitter is fun. Love the wrestling community over there. Love the groups. Thank you guys for every single thing that you do for me. And I hope that I'm able to do that back for you guys. So let's get it back into All Out. Alright, so we got the main event, the main show. We start out, we start out hot. We start out with the casino ladder match. With the winner getting a future shot to cash in for the AEW championship. Yeah. We've got in this match already the Ring of Honor champion, Claudio Casanoli. We got Yuta Wheeler. We got Penta Sierro, Ray Phoenix, Russo, Andrade. We got them all here, right? So at that point, oh, did I forget about Martin? Okay. So at that point, we also got a mystery Joker. Who's it going to be, right? We all know by now. And that very person will be taking on for the championship this Saturday at Full Gear 2022. So here's how it works. Entrance 1 and 2 enter the ring. Wheeler and Yuta, or excuse me, Wheeler, Yuta, and Phoenix. Both men exchange chops in the middle of the ring. Phoenix sets up a ladder on the outside and is trying to set up a Rikishi driver off the top ropes, but Yuta shoves him and follows with a suicide dive. We now get entrant number three, Rush. Rush, I don't know enough about this guy. I know he's supposed to be a big deal in Mexico, according to AEW announcers. I just don't know enough about him. By the way, the wrestlers can run up and attempt to get the poker chip at any time. All the entrants do not have to be in this match. So if it's me, I'm running straight up there and trying to grab it before more guys get in and make it complicated. So, just so you're aware of that with these casino matches. So at that point, we get a belly-to-belly on Rush to Yuta, on the ladder, and a top rope uh, to Phoenix. Entrance number four, Andrade comes out, rushes in the ring by himself, and he waits for Andrade, and neither man goes for the poker chip. It's an interesting strategy, right? We're doing the team-up thing. So we get a toss to both Yuta and Phoenix into the ladders and climbs up the ladders themselves, but Yuta makes the save. There's a sunset flip powerbomb by Andrade to Yuta on the direct ladder. Entry number five, the Ring of Honor World Champion, Claudio Casanoli. Claudio, aka Cesaro, throws some running European uppercuts and checks on Yuta. Now we've got members, members of the same club, the Blackpool Combat Club, right? If you think about it, this is kind of a tag match in a sense with Andrade and Rush. You got um, 
the Lucha Brothers, and then you got the Blackpool Combat Club in this thing. So then, next out, entrance number six comes, Dante Martin. Martin tosses Claudio to the outside, looks to follow Yuta and sets up the ladder to climb for the chip, but Martin double jumps the ladder and makes the save. Penta, Sierro, Miro is at number seven. Running Destroyer to Dante from Penta on the ramp. There's a sling blade to rush on the outside. There's the backstabber to Claudio by Penta. And Andrade cuts Penta off and looks for uh, basically the DVD on the ladder and draped down to the outside, but Penta counters into a destroyer. Phoenix with a frog splash from the top ring post to the outside through the table and rush. Yuta, Martin, and Claudia are all climbing the ladders and the ladder in a bunch at this point. Match is very good, and this is where he escalates, and it breaks down. There's a bunch of men in masks, all dressed in black, that start just attacking the ring, and they're throwing them off. Throws them all off the ladders. All the competitors are down. And then there's one single guy in the black mask and outfit that climbs the ladder and he grabs the chip. And this man now gets a title shot anytime he wants. And it is none other than Stokely Hathaway. Stokely Hathaway wins the casino ladder match. But we're not done yet. The Joker is now out in a mask. The Joker comes out in a Asian mask and basically walks to the ring. Stokely hands the chip to him. And then the masked henchman goes to reveal themselves and we find out it's not only Stokely Hathaway, it's Ethan Page, it's the Gun Club, and it's W. Morrissey, the former big cast of WWE thing. And the Joker is wearing, again, the Spike Horn Demon Mask. The the Omni Mask. And then graciously, he takes the chip again from Stokely. And the Joker has won this match. We go to get a reveal. He goes to pull his hands on the back of his head and rip off the mask. And then we get the fingers to the crown. Nope, nope, nope. And we get a silent shush and pointing. And he leaves and walks out the ramp with Morrissey and company. So this person now has a stable. Stokely Hathaway's guy is going to be the number one contender. It's a good match, guys. This was a really, really good match. I enjoyed it. It was a perfect one to open the show after such a long uh, pregame show, the buy-in. But I definitely enjoyed this, so we did something right here. Let's go to the next one. Next, we got the AEW World Trios Championships Tournament. I've been excited for this one for so long, right? You can tell this one was definitely built to be the elite's title, right? Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks on one side, and we have the Dark Order on the other side of this tournament. And who do you think is going to win? Absolutely, it's going to be the elite. B-E, elite, right? Omega and the Young Bucks. <clears throat> so we get a start out. Hangman and Nick Jackson start. There's a shoulder block by Page. And both men then trade lariats and cartwheels. Matt Jackson and Alex Reynolds are both in. They trade headlocks and takeovers. Matt disperses Reynolds, and then Reynolds responds with a double leg. Page comes in and jaws with Matt before Kenny tags in. Omega muscles and Page. There's a blind tag, and then they attack Omega from the back. There's a double drop toe hold 
by Silver and Reynolds, and Silver focuses on the arm of Kenny Omega before Page. Adam Page tags himself in. It pulls Silver off of Omega's arm injury. So Hangman Adam Page was not a member of the Dark Order, but he was still an in in this a little bit for the Dark Order, right? So he's going against his old friends. So we'll go further in the match. Page, um, there's a senton drape page by Nick and a twisting Blanca to Silver and Reynolds. Savage elbow drop off the top rope to get Matt to on, basically on Hangman Page. There's a fist drop plancha combo by the Bucks. And as Nick gets the tag, there's a drop toe hold again by Matt to Nick's knee and a Katara crusher by Omega to Page. You can't escape by Kenny gets reversed and then the hangman plants him with a DVD. Silver is in and he clears the ring and they go on and there's a hot tag action going on. At this point, there's guys all over the place, right? So then Jackson reverses the double Northern Lights suplex at one point before tagging Omega. Cross uh, body to Silver. There's a Snapdragon to Reynolds. Snapdragon to Hangman. A Snapdragon eventually to everybody. He's like Brock Lesnar giving all kinds of suplexes, right? Snapdragon suplexes all around three times. At this point, we get in to the match. There's a super kick by the Bucks to Hangman and Reynolds and a V-Trigger to Silver. The Terminator takes everyone out on the outside. And there's a moonsault by Hangman. It takes out Nick on the outside as the Dark Order is back in the wing. There's a pendulum bomb by the Dark Order, but Nick Jackson breaks up the pinfall by a senton. A running knee to the corner, Nick to Silver. And Reynolds and Silver, the Bucks, super kick each other and everyone is down. You gotta love the young Bucks in tag team action. I think they're the feature of this division, of course. They're so good at what they do. You add Kenny Omega to the mix. He's one of the best wrestlers on the planet. All right, so then you got Omega and Hangman dragging each other. It's falling apart into the corner. They tag themselves in at this point, and then the arena just becomes unglued. There's a big boot by Hangman. There's a V-Trigger by Omega, and then a J-Driller by Omega. One, two, no! Omega goes up top, and Paige follows. There's a backflip fallaway slam by Hangman to Omega off the top rope. Buckshot to the back of Omega's head. Hangman looks for the buckshot, but Omega on Omega, but Matt distracts him and Omega falls as Nick comes in with a buckshot from behind to Hangman. There's a BTE trigger, and Reynolds makes the save at 2.99th of a second. Silver rolls up Omega for another. And then there's a one-winged angel attempt, but Silver rolls out again with a close almost three count. The crowd is going insane. Hangman looks for the buckshot, but Omega ducks and Silver gets leveled. Hangman gets thrown to the outside, and Omega makes the cover for one, two, and three. And your new AEW World Trios Champions, the Elite. It's the right win here. Unfortunately, the actions of these gentlemen later this evening will cause them to be stripped of these titles the very couple nights later on AEW Dynamite when Tony Khan has his hand forced. It's a shame because these Trejo tag titles have lost steam since then. These guys were supposed to be the feature of the division. I'm not saying that the Death Triangle didn't do a good job holding the titles as placeholders. But we all know 
that the Elite, this is a great titles for them to hold that can make them relevant. And we just didn't get that. And it's a shame because we just got Kenny Omega back. We just got him back from a major injury. And now he went away for a while. Hopefully he'll be back soon. So, again, great match. I like that we got the triple uh, trios titles. Let's move on to our next matchup. This is where business got a little bit slower, you guys. This was a very slow match. We got Athena starts out hot with a huge Aura um, and the Eclipse. The baddies seem like they're just supposed to break that up, but Jade kind of kicks out. So here's the thing. This match, um, they were green. And I'm not just talking about the She-Hawk attire that Jade was wearing. The timing was very off on this one. Uh, the baddies definitely missed some spots and some timing. That really kind of did take away from the match. It made me say, oh, wait a minute. That was a little delayed. It was weird. So anyway, um, we get a shotgun drop kick um, to Red Velvet on the outside. And then back in, a pop-up Samoan drop to Jade. We get a spear by Jade, a one and a two. A beal by Jade, a springboard crossbody to Athena. We get a two count on that. And then we get Eclipse by Athena. Gets blocked by Athena and hits a super kick. There's a stunner by Athena, and she gets a one and a two. A lot of counts. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Okay, Athena then goes up, but Hogan, Kira Hogan distracts her and gets kicked for her troubles. Athena looks for another springboard crossbody, but Jade catches her with a pump kick in the middle of the air. Boom, jaded. Winner and still AEW TBS champion, Jade Cargill. Yeah, guys. Um... I expected more from Athena. You know, Athena, Ember Moon, whatever you want to call her, uh, seasoned, right? Like, she should know what she's doing. She's working with a very green jade, Cargill, who is a future project. And make no mistake about it, I like Jade Cargill. I want Jade Cargill to succeed. She's got a unique look. She's tall. She's got a lot going on for her. Speaking this championship, they're giving her a hell of a streak. Ember Moon, aka Athena. Everybody's favorite Mortal Kombat character. So she reminds me. She always reminds me of Mortal Kombat. Right? Finish her! But she didn't finish her. Did she? You got She-Hawk, Super She-Hawk, Jade Cargill. It was probably the right move to let her hold on to the title. The TBS title, it's a TV title, right? It's not like the women's championship. It's nothing wrong with Jade holding on to, but man, the match was not good. This was probably my worst match of the night. Or a good pay-per-view. At the end of the day, we got Jade Cargill, TBS champion, 37-0. Please don't compare her to Bill Goldberg. That's all I ask. Please don't make her compare to Bill Goldberg. Alright, let's move ahead. We've got a tag match. We've got the trios match, actually. And it's Wardlow and FTR teaming up versus Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns from Impact Wrestling. I love the partnership. I love the open door, the forbidden door that opens for these groups. 
Man, it was good seeing the Motor City Machine Guns again. Love these guys from Impact and TNA Wrestling Days. So we got Dax's daughter, who's with the good guys, at the apron. It's a really feel-good moment. Um, we got Lethal and Wardlow to start up. Lethal spits on Wardlow, and Lethal uses his speed to evade a lot of Wardlow's angry attacks. Dax and Saban are legal, and this has all the makings. Arm ringer by Dax, and Saban rolls out and hits an arm drink. Both men exchange slaps, and now it's FTR versus the Motor City Machine Guns. Oh my god, dream match. Shoulder block by Dax and some hard right hands. Shelly gets dropped too. There's a short arm clothesline that sends Chris Saban on the outside. Alex Shelly distracts Dax and allows Saban to hit the cutter. Dax fights back with some heavy chops and a back suplex before tagging in Cash. Assisted light drop by FTR and we get a one and a two. The European uppercut by Cash and Warlow finally gets the tag in the Motor City Machine Guns or tried suplex Wardlow, but they get reversed and Wardlow showing his power and his Batista-like strength, suplex them both. We get a tag to Dax, but Shelly distracts the referee and is allowing Lethal to thrust kick Dax. We get a Manhattan drop kick and a knee and roll over basement drop kick by the Motor City Machine Guns. Very vintage. Lethal is in the ring now. And as the bad guys have cut off the ring, an isolated Dax pick tags throughout, but Dax fights out and gets to Cash. There's a knee lift, a short arm lariat to Shelly, and gets a one and a two. There's a sliced bread attempt by Shelly and gets reversed into a gory bomb for another close count of two. Save it in and breaks up the pin, and Shelly to drop kick Cash's legs. Lethal is now, is basically in now, and there's a figure four applied. Lots of back and forth in this matchup. It is what you would expect from an FTR in Motor City Machine Gun Showdown. Man, I'm loving it too, right? I love this one. Um, at this point, Wardlow grabs the Motor City Machine Guns, but Sin hits, um, Sin hits him with a right hand that drops him. There's a two count by Lethal. Saban is basically goes in with a suicide dive and takes him out. Um, FTR is back in now. There's a slingshot powerbind Dax to save, and there's a big rig by FTR to Shelly. There's a double lethal injection by FTR by Lethal. Lariat by Wardlow. There's a powerbomb to Lethal. One more time. Numero dos. Make that a third. A quattro. A finito. Five powerbombs. TR. FTR and Wardlow gets the win and the pin. Sanjay Singh. And the Motor Simish Guns have hit the ring, but once they get the win in the pin, what happens? We get an interruption. It's none other than the Samoan Cookie Monster. Samoan Cookie Joe. Just a little fun there. But we get Samoan Cookie Joe, who destroys Sin with the belt, and here comes Dax's daughter then, as you guys seen, and um, Finley, and then she, basically Sanjay is in the ring begging for mercy, but Finley slap, snaps the pencil right in front of him, and Dax drops him with the right hand, and Finley puts her foot on Sanjay as the referee then makes the three count. So, at this point, that was technically the three count there. We get the return of Samoa Joe, who will go on to be one of the champions in Ring of Honor, going into the new pay-per-view. So, um, a lot of action in this one. We get the return of Samoa Joe. Good stuff. All right, this next match was a quick one, and I'm okay with that. 
not all matches have to be long. This was Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs in a battle of the former Team Taz mates. Um, Starks is out hot, but Hobbs hits a, bat a body block that stops Starks in his tracks. Hobbs quickly focuses his attack on the neck and dumps Starks on the outside. Hobbs tosses Starks to the guardrail. Up and down, back in the ring, Hobbs delivers some forearms with a big boot that drops Starks. Starks sidesteps a charging Hobbs and beats Hobbs in the corner. There's a flying back elbow on Starks and a flying tornado DDT to get a very long two count by the referee. Starks flips out of the back body attempt and hits the ropes hard, looking for a spear, but Hobbs absolutely plants him with a spine buster. Boom! One, two, three. Whoa! Very, very quick. Very good match for powerhouse Hobbs to help feature him and allow him to move on for Ricky Starks. I like this one. It was short, simple, to the point. I can see Powerhouse Hobbs challenging for Ward Rillo's title. That could be coming up very soon. Keep an eye out for that one. I'm calling it right now. Up next, we have the AEW Tag Team Championships. Oh, swerving our glory versus the Acclaimed. The Acclaimed... I want to say this, the acclaimed are over. The fans love these guys. Swerving our glory is over too, but the acclaimed are super over. It's tonight the night they're going to get the titles. Matt Caster is referring to Keith Lee as Lizzo and was mentioned in the rap, by the way, oh, oh, scissor me daddy, to the tune of, oh, Baskin is glory and is broken out like something else. Bowens and Swerve start out the match. We roll up by Bowens, but Swerve picks up the legs and tags Lee. Caster is in as well, and he tries a shoulder block, but to no avail. Caster flips out of a Beal attempt and delivers a little Guerrero shimmy, a drop down and a leapfrog by Key Lee after Caster hits the ropes and after Caster doesn't like that. A drop cap by Caster following a dive and hurricane robber from the middle rope. So these guys get a little bit of quick action. Their styles went really well. Um, Swerve, you know, is a pretty high-impact wrestler along with the claim. Keith Lee adds that big man muscle, but don't get me wrong. He's not just a big man. He's a, I call him the, the modern-day Bam Bam Bigelow. That's Keith Lee. You know, he can do some amazing moves for his size. So at this point, we get the you-can't-scissor chance from the crowd. They're hot tonight. We swerve in, and now there's a European uppercut. Swerve holds Caster in the corner and tags Lee, who delivers a brutal overhead chops. Lee puts Caster on the ropes, but Caster is able to shrug Lee off in a diving cutter from the second rope. Bowens and Swerve are now in as Bowens hits a pair of clotheslines before a ripcord diving neckbreaker and brainbuster by Bowens. But basically, that gets followed by a two count from the referee. We continue on in the action, and both men, Bowens, uh, rough rider by Bowens as both men are down down and the referee and daddy ass are checking on Bowens um, aka Billy Gunn Swerve tosses Bowens hard to the outside and tells daddy ass to, and Caster to suck it Swerve calls an audible and focuses the attack on Bowens knee double team assisted by the knee breaker um, uh, by Bowens and then the crowd is heavily invested in this match. They're definitely really into this one. And again, the acclaimed is so over. And the whole scissor me daddy ass thing is really huge, right? So 
Um, Caster clears the ring and takes out Swerve with a diving to the outside. There's a diving cross body off the top rope by Caster to Lee to get a very long two count. Running elbows to the corner as Lee and Caster are trying to get Lee up in a fireman's carry. And a pounce by Lee by Caster removes Lee, destroys Swerve, and sliding knee to Bowens to get a long two count on Lee. There's a headbutt by Lee to Caster, and Lee kicks Bowens' leg out from under him. Lee heads up to the top rope, and here's Caster and Bowens, and they just go back and forth and back and forth, and they're getting a little crazy. Caster is in now, later on in the match here, and Swerve hits a running back kick, and Caster gets out of the two. Swerve looks for the springboard, and then again, they're just going at it, back and forth. Lee's back up, but now Daddy S gets in his face. Super kick by Caster, and F you by Caster to Lee. Bowens is in. The arrival of Bowens and Caster come off the rope uh, with the mic drop. Lee barely breaks it up before the three. Swerve is on the apron and hits the DVD to Caster. Bo Bowers is legal and Swerve attacks the knee before there's a miscommunication and Swerve kicks Lee in the face. One, two, no, not over yet. A twisted DDT by Bowens to Swerve. Bowens looks for a hurricane rod on Lee, but Lee holds. And Swerve comes out of nowhere to tie Swerve in our glory. And winners, and still, AEW Tag Team Champions. Oh, Swerve in our glory. That's right. It's not the acclaims time yet. But man, I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually won some titles or some gold. Um, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland. Um, the scissor me daddy ass thing, it's got crazy, it's, you know, it's, it's got a little crazy scissor man, right, action going on. Reminds me, doesn't remind me anything, but the last man I seen go crazy with a pair of scissors was Brutus the Barber Beefcake. You guys remember that one? So, the daddy ass thing has gotten acclaimed over, and Keith Lee is now starting to show some dissension in the ranks with Swerve Strickland, who is not on board with scissoring. However... You got Keith Lee showing a lot of respect in this matchup, and this was a really good match and much deserved. Let's move ahead. All right, coming up next, we got the AEW Interim Women's World Championship. Tony Storm versus Dr. Britt Baker versus Jamie Hayter versus Hakira Shida. So we got the four-way for the Interim title because why Thunder Rosa had to give up the title, so now we must name an Interim Champion. Until she returns. Kind of like the CM Punk thing. There's a drop kick by Storm on Hayden to start the match. Those two start out. Uh, Baker trips up Storm, pulls her aside to the outside, but Sheeta makes the save. All four women trade pin combinations before Hayden grabs a single leg cramp on Sheeta. Storm then locks in the octopus hole on Hayden while Hayden has a single leg crab on Storm. Baker makes the save and catches Sheeta with a long sling blade. Rolling elbow by Hader to Sheeta, followed by some forever uppercuts to Sheeta and Storm. There's a double suplex by Hader to both Sheeta and Storm as Hader finishes with a double lariat. Storm dumps Hader to the outside and follows up with a low flying Tope Suicida. There's a sling blade by Baker on the outside to catch a Tony Storm off guard. Sheeta then tosses Baker into the guardrail. They go at it on the outside for quite a bit. This matchup, let's just be real here. This matchup was all about Tony Storm versus Britt Baker, okay? Those are your two stars. Tony Storm is a star coming into the company from other 
uh, venues, right? From WWE, NXT, this and that. I like Tony Storm. I always said she's the female Chris Jericho. Then we got Brick Baker, who this is the house that she built. This is AEW. You got Jamie Hayter and Hikira Shida. Hikira Shida's been there from the beginning, um, but has not really drawn me in crazy much. And Jamie Hayter has got some potential, but again, this match was good because it showcased all of these ladies very equally, and I do like that. While they still named the interim champion. Back to the action. Hayter gets back into the ring, and she's going at it with Shida for a little bit. So Shida basically, she drops Shida pretty hard. Baker then curb stomps Shida and the doctors carry her away. Back into the ring. Um, it's a two on one, but Storm is working hard to fight back. Diving cross body by Storm to Hater. But Baker makes the save before she could do anything more damage. Storm tries to fight back, but she's outnumbered by Storm and Hater delivered a snap suplex. Shida is back with two kendo sticks. She lays basically out. She just back in the ring to swing candlesticks like crazy in a nice spot. We continue on later in the action. There's a question mark kick by Sheeta the Hater. There's a Yurnagi backbreaker to Storm by Hater. And then we go on. All four women are now um, trading blows in the center of the ring. At this point, Sheeta and Hater lay out their opponents. Sheeta does the deal. There's a Falcon Arrow to Hater, but Storm breaks it up with a German suplex to Sheeta. Man, these guys are going at it. Tombstone by Hater to Storm, Amutero by Sheeta, and all kinds of just crazy. To Hater, then a super kick by Baker to Sheeta. So it's just all kinds of back and forth, girl on girl, all over the place action, right? At this point, Storm dumps uh, Baker, who goes for her glove. Storm dumps her to the outside as Hater hits the Rainmaker. There's a one and a two, but nothing more will do. Baker pulls out that three out as Hater was about to get to the three. Storm hits the Storm Zero to Hater. Baker rolls in and tosses Storm and gets the th one, two. Nope, not going to happen. The long two. Baker looks for the lockjaw, but Storm catches her with a Tornado DDT. Another Tornado DDT to Hater. A one, a two, and a three. Tornado DDT all around and a new interim women's champion, Tony Storm. Very good match, um, and it was the right girl to win this match, right? We need something fresh. We need Tony Storm as the interim, um, and eventually, we I believe we will get Storm versus Thunder Rosa. Some thoughts on these ladies, okay? Sheeta, she served the purpose. Hater, potential. Dr. Britt Baker, uh, she either needs to do one or two things. She either needs to get things done on her own, or she needs a new bodyguard. Maybe another dentist can help her out in this. How about Isaac Yank of DDS coming back from the 1990s, the dentist with rotten teeth? I doubt Kane, aka Glenn Jacobs, would be willing to do that as mayor anymore. But it would be a fun thought if Britt Baker had some big man muscles to kind of help her, you know, just play bodyguard a little bit, right? But at the end of the day, I do like Tony Storm, and I do think she has the it factor, and it was very right move to put the title on her tonight. So, interim champion Tony Storm, aka the female Chris Jericho. And what's great about her is she's got the look. She can wrestle. And she is very young in her career. I believe she's in her young, young 20s. And able to um, get a lot done. So I'm very excited to see baby, you know, her take on a lot of these different other girls in the future. Now we get to the revenge match. 
we have Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. And the whole story here was, you know, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And it's about Jungle Boy advancing. This matchup was very quickly done. And I'm okay with that. This just preceded the story. So we get Jungle Boy's mom and sister who are at ringside. And mom slaps Christian in the face. Jungle Boy looks for a Luchasaurus at the entryway. And Luchasaurus comes out of the bad guy tunnel. Oop, there's a key. Choke slam on the pyro grid. Luchasaurus then hits the dinosaur's edge through the table to the outside before rolling Jungle Boy into the ring. Jungle Boy finally makes it to his feet as referee Aubrey Edwards nearly refused to start the match. Spear by Christian, a one, a two. Nope, nothing more than that. We get a kill switch and then that's it. One, two, three. Christian Cage wins this match. Uh, hard to rate this one, guys. It's all storyline, right? Normally, I would say this doesn't really have a place on pay-per-view, and this is more of a dynamite match. But when you got so many matches on the show, I welcome the quick storyline to keep things moving. The real story here is Jungle Boy shedding his Tarzan-like appeal against the evil dinosaur that is Luchasaurus, right? So they are getting Perry, Jack Perry, to become just Jack Perry. Mark my words, they're trying to build him as a cornerstone of AEW. And you got to get rid of the goofy Tarzan Jungle Boy gimmick. And that means you got to drop the dino, which is Luchasaurus. So at this point, uh, we will get, a in about a week, a Luchasaurus versus Jack Perry. Notice that. Jack Perry, not Jungle Boy anymore. In a steel cage match at full gear. So it's interesting because this match it all out i viewed as the day that jungle boy died right he shedded his tarzan skin and he's now jack perry so i think this was uh very pivotal to get him to move ahead in advance and so definitely good for story purposes up next we get one of the matches i was looking so forward to for the night we are getting dream match brian danielson the american dragon or also known as daniel bryan versus Lionheart Chris Jericho. Not just Chris Jericho, Lionheart Chris Jericho, the last trained wrestler of the famous Heart Dungeon by Stu Hart, Bret Hart, Owen Hart. It goes on. So Lionheart Chris Jericho. We get White Zombies music from Lionheart Rules uh, so hard. And then basically we get White Zombie playing out. Regal joins on commentary. Ryan Danielson has some guy without a shirt sing him to the ring. And honestly, it's not that good. Even though I like Daniel Bryan's new, you know, theme song with a little vocals to it. So here's what we get. We get Danielson and Jericho exchanging heavy chops early, but Danielson looks to enjoy it. We catch as a catch. Basically, we start here with Danielson getting the better of the exchange. Jericho delivers some vicious chops. Danielson shakes it off. Danielson gets to takedown into the mount. We look for a palm strikes, but instead we get uh, we get off Jericho just to let him know that the position he was in. Jericho looks deep for the cradle, but Danielson rolls through into a surfboard and with a nose grip. But he can't lock it up, so Danielson gets a double on his weight in the edge of Jericho's legs. Jericho looks for a guillotine choke. Love the guillotine choke. But Danielson pops this out. And this is really just a good 
matchup between two veterans that know how to work in a ring. And I really appreciated the pacing of the match. I appreciated the technicalities and the wrestler versus sports entertainer factor. The Blackpool Combat Club, they're meant to be the wrestlers. Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society are meant to be the sports entertainers. I love this whole angle that they're playing. It's good for business. So who's going to pull this out? Who's going to win this matchup? Well, let's continue on. Danielson is on his knees in the ring later on. And Jericho is slapping him in the face. And it looks like the superstar is getting the best of him. Danielson crosses his legs and asks for some more. Jericho's happy to oblige. Jericho gets a running elbow strike that sends Danielson to the outside of the ring. Jericho looks for a punch on the outside. Danielson catches him with the kick in the mid-air section. A running knee off the apron, but Danielson, or by Danielson, Danielson sends Jericho back in the ring before coming off the top rope with a shotgun drop kick. Yes, kicks by Danielson, but Jericho grabs a hold of the leg in an attempt a lion taper, but Danielson escapes. Man, these guys are pulling out all the moves and all the stops. Danielson, then they go on further in the match, right? And they just go back and forth with some good lockups. And then we get to a point where Jericho is looking for the lion salt, but Danielson gets his knees up. There's a catapult by Jericho. So he was pulling out the old school lion salt. And Danielson um, gets his knees up, and then there's a catapult by Jericho, who, uh, as Danielson skins the cat, so to speak, but walks into a tombstone attempt. Both men trade reversals, but Jericho winds up landing a tombstone, followed by a line saw, a one and a two count, running punt by Jericho, and then a Judas effect attempt, but Danielson kicks the elbow. There's a high kick by Danielson, and he's going to get um, his head kicked in at this point, we're thinking. So we get some back and forth yet again, and man, this match was given so much time just to give the match that the fans really wanted to see. And so, as we continue on, these guys are just knocking each other around throughout the whole match. And it basically then goes ahead, and Jericho won't let go of the ropes, so Danielson, later on in the match, kicks his back until basically a five count. And he rolls up Jericho, he gets two, a rolling elbow by Danielson, and some more hammer and anvil elbows. Jericho low blows Danielson behind the referee's back, and then boom, Judas effect, and that's it. Winner, Chris Jericho with a three count. The Jericho Appreciation Society are here to celebrate without Daniel Garcia, who has been in the storyline of trying to pick between his hero, Daniel Bryanison, and his mentor, Chris Jericho. Um, he's seen in the back watching the monitor with some disgust in his face. Yeah, it was a good match, guys. It was um, a lot to break down in that one. I would definitely say, though, it did pick up with this crowd. Um, Jericho will go on to win the Ring of Honor Championship, right? And show um, that Jericho is being Jericho. Jericho is able not only to carry this company, but he has put over so many guys and so many titles. Um, and like I said, he is the modern day Hawk Hogan. Like what Hawk Hogan was to WCW as he kind of elevated them. Jericho is doing that, but in a better way for these young wrestlers. Daniel Bryson is also doing that. Brian, Daniel Bryan is um, doing a great job in his role, and he's just wrestling, but also being that locker room guy. Up next, 
we got a little bit of a trios match again. They did not up the trios matches tonight. So this one was House of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. Uh, Miro and um, Aleister Black start off. Miro bull rushes Black and stomps him in the corner until Brody King comes in. King and Miro square off. And man, King almost makes Miro look really small. It's weird, right? Um, Black is now in control with the striking combo as Murphy tags in. So it's interesting because Miro catches Murphy and tosses him with an overhead belly to belly. There's a sidewinder slam by Miro to Matthews as Miro is ignoring Darby's tag request at this point. Um, there's a coffin splash, but Matthews catches him. And then a spinning back kick by Matthews, but Darby looks for the code red until Black steps in and a high kicks Darby on Matthews. So a lot of just, you know, back and forth action, right? And the big thing here was like there was a lot of misting going on um, with Alistair Black and that black goo, right? So at this point, you know, later on in the match, Sting gets tagged in eventually, and he does a stinger splash on Matthews. And then um, King and Matthews and King again, and Sting sends King into Matthews in the corner. Sting grabs Matthews and throws him um, to Black for the tag. Sting and Black are finally face-to-face -face as the crowd is up for this one, finally. And both men are exchanging heavy strikes. Sting with a double leg and a scorpion death lock is locked in. A running pump kick by Buddy, but Sting screams in his face. And then there's a kick to King. Sting isn't phased. He's stinging up, right? And then there's a, a Black sweep Sting with a leg trip as Miro tries to remove Black from the ring um, by the hair. Uh, Sting is isolated by House of Black. Sting sends King in. And there's a Scorpion Death Drop by Sting to King. And there's a tag by Darby. There's a Coffin Drop for a two count. There's a Pump Kick to Miro to King. Miro follows Black to the floor and chases Matthews. But Matthews catches him in the stomach with Sting's bat. And Miro goes face to face um, with the ring steps. Over the tops... Uh, stutter by Darby to Matthews. A low suicide dive by Darby to King. Black is in the ring with Sting again, but the stint uh, basically blows the mist into Black's eyes. So Sting basically shoots the black mist into Black's eyes. And then the last supper by Darby to get the win. So Darby, Sting, and Miro all get the win over House of Black. Um, it's probably the right move. Alistair Black has been... Alistair Black's been a little unhappy for some reason and it's really ruined the whole house of black storyline when you don't have the leader that's all in so to speak so is the right here uh darby allen's racking up a lot of experience and a lot of wins under sting so it's definitely the right call it's good to see miro back in action so with that being said we're now ready for the main event almost four and a half hours later and that we get John Moxley versus CM Punk. We have the interim champion, John Moxley, versus the former champion, CM Punk, back from injury. And little did you know that this match would end with a champion crown. But also, would you have ever thought that CM Punk would end tonight in Chicago. What the heck is going on in AEW land? This has been the talk for the last month. CM Punk is out with, again, a very Chicago-style welcome. And he's got his nice long tights, right? 
And so you know business, it's business time. The crowd is on fire here, and not for nothing, but the crowd is four and a half hours into this show, so they deserve a lot of credit for really being up for this match. I was tired. I was exhausted in that theater watching this with the friends, even though the friends were kind of keeping me up and going. I think we had you know, a couple Monster Energy drinks and everything. Moxley taunts Punk before sitting cross-legged in the center of the ring, giving him the finger. Punk is on the offensive early with some knees from the clinch, but Moxley responds with some forearms of his own. Um, high kick by CM Punk, another high kick, a running knee in the corner, another running knee. GTS by Punk, one, two, and no, it's very, very, very close within a millisecond. 2.999. Moxley rolls to the outside and buys some time, but Punk follows with a tope suicida. Both men are now fighting through the crowd. And I'm guessing the referee will just kind of let him do whatever they want to do because, hey, it's championship match, right? Punk tosses Moxley back over the guard rail and directly into the steel steps. The GTS attempt by Punk on the outside, but Moxley slithers out the back and tosses Punk face first into the ring post on the outside. Punk is now busted open and bleeding and tired, and Moxley's focused his attack on the face with elbows and fists. Moxley then licks Punk's blood off of his hand. Psychotic Mox. Punk is busted open pretty good here. And Moxley is taunting Punk here. And Punk doesn't uh, have an answer for the strikes. Um, mounted elbows in the corner now by Moxley. Delivers some heavy chops. You can tell Moxley is putting his all into this match. Punk reverses Moxley and delivers a running knee strike in the corner before looking for the Bulldog. But Moxley holds on and hits a shin breaker on Punk's bad leg. Moxley is now looking for a single leg crab and stomping on the ankle. A single leg crab by Moxley. Punk gets to the ropes, but Moxley looks for a heel hook. Punk goes to the eyes to force Moxley to release the hole. There's a dragon screw by Mox and finally the figure four. Woo, you guys. This has been a long night, and I tell you what, these guys have been long on action. Not hating it, though. I'm really not. This is a, a good main event match, but win, it's been a long one. So we continue on later in the match, right? We get an Anaconda Vice at one point by Punk. Moxley grabs the eyes of Punk to escape that, and the crowd's going nuts. They're really getting behind Moxley on this one, right? Even though the crowd is very pro CM Punk, you can tell Mox is winning respect. Moxley sits through and snags a bulldog choke. Moxley transitions to an ankle lock. Punk gets to the ropes, a German suplex by Moxley, a high kick by Punch, a King Kong lariat by Moxley, exchanging straight tights lefts and lefts now. So we've got rights and lefts, rights and lefts. Swinging that breaker by Punk, the GTS attempted by Punk, but Moxley plants him with a Death Rider for a two count. There's a bunch of elbows in Moxley before locking up the Bulldog Choke. Punk is up, the GTS. Moxley rebounds off the rope, falls on Punk's back. Punk holds up another GTS. And the winner and the new AEW World Champion, CM Punk. Guys, um, this one. So CM Punk wins the title, and it's interesting. CM Punk has now won the AEW. He's a two-time AEW champion, and he's never, ever defended that title. 
Punk has won this title twice and he's never defended it. And he's had to been stripped of this title two times. Maybe this is just snake bitten from the beginning. I was excited for CM Punk's return. And while he's had some good matches with Darby Allin and Hangman and Adam Cole, you know, he just had some good stuff, right? But at the end of the day, MJF, right? At the end of the day, he's had some good rivalries, but man, I just don't feel like we ever got to see more of what it was supposed to be. So then, we're not done yet. There's a post-match after Punks wins this title. Kind of rings on his brake, so to speak. The lights go out. We hear a voicemail from Tony Khan. And he's saying that he will put this person in the casino ladder match. And we'll get a clip of Punk from Ring of Honor saying that the devil's greatest trick who's ever played was convincing the world that he didn't exist. And then we get the Joker from the very first match of the night with the mask. And the Joker takes off his mask. And it's none other than MJF, Maxwell, Jacob, Friedman, CM Punk's greatest AEW rival. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Remember that dog collar match earlier this year? Classic. MJF is here. He flips off the crowd. Punk is raising his title in the ring. And we're thinking we're getting a final showdown between Punk and MJF for the title. That's going to be an amazing matchup, right? But it isn't. At this point, we go off the air. And AEW All Out is finished. Or so we thought. And it wasn't finished, though. So at the end of the pay-per-view, it goes away. We got a returning MJF. We got a new champion CM Punk. And here's how it breaks down. I drive home from the theater, and little did we know this night, even though the pay-per-view was over, the night was not finished by any means, and what would happen would change the course of AEW forever. So let me give you my final thoughts on the pay-per-view before I go into this changing course. The final thoughts, well, we clocked in about under five hours including the buy-in. That's a very long night to ask anybody to sit there. There was 11 matches on this card. We definitely got our money's worth, but by the end of the main event, you know, I was having trouble remembering some of them. The main event picture has been absolutely turned on its head with the addition of MJF coming back and even then the aftermath. We have new trios champions, but that wouldn't matter at the end of the night either. Okay, so what happens is we crown new trios champions. We crowned... CM Punk is champion, and that wouldn't even matter within less than 15 minutes or so, right? And it gets all ruined. The new interim women's champion, Tony Storm, will remain going into, you know, future matches. And so um, there's some pay-per-view squash matches in there. But basically, uh, the wrestling on the show ranged from really good to a pretty great show, right? There was nothing really horrible and bad, even though there were some matches that were like, I'm glad they kept them short. That's a lot of success in a five hours, and they should be applauded for their efforts at All Out. So I want to applaud Tony Khan, because when you have a three-hour main card plus an hour buy-in, you know, and plus on top of everything else, you know, you go out of your way. Um, if you really want to see this, watch the, the Punk main event with Moxley. Watch the Trios finals with the Elite. 
Danielson, Jericho, the AEW Tag Team titles, and the Women's 4-Way. I know that's a lot, but that was the main uh, creme de la creme, if you will, the cream of the crop, right? The casino match was fun, too. But then, let's get into what changed the world. What changed the world? I come home from my drive from watching this pay-per-view at the theater. I come home. I turn on the post-show, the scrum, the media scrum, just for fun. And you know what happens? I don't know what I turned on my TV, but I get CM Punk sitting there eating muffins, yelling at a reporter. I texted my buddy and I said, you got to turn this on right now that I just watched this with. And I was like, he's going off. And I don't think this is a work. It's definitely a shoot. And what happened was CM Punk basically went off in the media scrum next to a very awkward looking Tony Khan all over Colt Cabana and his drama with Colt. But not only that, CM Punk goes on on this rant. He bashes the whole locker to the point when they're all done with this media scrum. You can tell Tony Khan very awkwardly went and got Chris Jericho to end the night on a good note because CM Punk made it awkward. He made it so awkward for Tony who just had us a very successful show and made it counterproductive. But we weren't done. Reportedly then, Punk goes backstage after his rant and he pretty much runs the Elite into the ground. The Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, break into Punk's locker room and kick his door down and get into a verbal, or not a verbal altercation, and a fist fight with Ace Steel, Punk's trainer, and Punk, Ace Steel throwing the first chair, and these guys get into a brawl. He eventually gets broken up, and then what's gonna happen is, all these guys are gonna get stripped of their new titles, they're all gonna get suspended, there's gonna have to be tournaments to crown new champions. So what does AEW do? What do they do is, they go back to their original formula. They go back to MJF, Chris Jericho, John Moxley, and they work on building new stars. They suspend everybody that's involved in the incident. And this is why at full gear on Saturday, we're going to get MJF versus the champion John Moxley, who's now a three-time AEW champion, and it's probably for the best. Mox is definitely all elite. And you know what? The Young Bucks and Omega are too. It's unfortunate, right? You got locker room leaders like Jericho and Daniel Bryan and John Moxley who are leading these young guys the right way. And I wanted CM Punk to be the guy to help stick WWE into the ground a little bit and create real competition. I wanted the voice of the voiceless to be all in. And unfortunately, he is now all out. Pun intended. And would you have ever guessed that I would have told you that CM Punk would be crowned a two-time AEW champion. And he would never ever defend that title not one time in his AEW career. And his career would end in Chicago. And he's in a real situation because now it seems like AEW will not have him back. And WWE won't have him back. And he's not going back to UFC. That's the end. 
Those are my final thoughts and results. Thank you, guys. Have a good evening. Guys, thanks for watching. Like, share, subscribe, and like we say, it's not goodbye. It's game over. <laughs>